Welcome to Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership, where we dive into the data and analytics influencing the region's economy. I'm your host, Brina Morales. Today's Tuesday, August 29th, and we're doing something a little different today. We're talking about Houston history ahead of Houston's 187th birthday. Partnership Chief Economist Patrick Jankowski joins us today. Patrick, welcome. Brina, it's good to be on again. And I need to let you know, I'm not just an economist. I'm a local history buff. I love Texas history. I love Houston history. I actually have a quite extensive library of books on Houston and Texas history. Before we did the podcast, I stood up and I counted all the books on my shelf that deal with Texas or Houston history. Guess how many books I have in my my personal library? Hmm, over 100. 167 books. Wow. I've got a nice collection. And, and some of them are the standards that anybody who's into Texas history knows about, like Lon Tinkle's 13 Days to Glory or Eric Larson's Isaac Storm about the Great Galveston Hurricane or Robert Hayes' and Night of Violence about the Camp Logan Riots. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a theme there, like disaster. But I, <laughs> no, but yeah. I also got some of the, the stuff like Ray Miller's Houston and David McCombs Houston or, or Lawrence Wright's God Save Texas. I do have a few fun fictions in there like mm-hmm. the, you can't be a Texan and love Texas without having read Larry McMurtry's Lone Star. So I'm sorry, not Lone Star, Lonesome Dove. I also have Lone Star, which is another great history book on Texas. All right. So Patrick, you're going to take us back to August 30th, 1836. Yeah, August 30th, 1836. I hope everybody has their party hats on. Is ready for a big slice of cake? Because that's Houston's birthday. Yes. Uh, Houston's birthday, August 30th, 1836. It's not a date of incorporation. It's actually a date. There's a publication back then uh, published by the, the, the Borden brothers called the Telegraph and Texas Register a frontier newspaper. Think about that. 1836. We didn't have social media. People weren't listening to podcasts. They were trying to get these, these newspapers that were being printed. And in the Texas, tele, excuse me, the Telegraph and Texas Register, there was an ad that talked about a place that was, and I'm going to quote, located at a point on the river, which must ever command the trade of the largest and richest portion of Texas. Mm. Close quote. How about it? Go on into the ad. It says, when the rich lands of this country Remember, Texas as a republic at the time. Mm-hmm. When the rich lands of this country shall be settled, a trade will flow to it, flow to Houston, making it beyond doubt the great imperial commercial emporium of Texas. Wow. So you already, already a little bit of boosterism there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there's a little bit of hyperbole in that. Uh, it talked about the, the tide waters from Galveston Bay flowing up to the, the base of Houston. Mm-hmm. Talked about vessels from New York and New Orleans being able to sail up to Houston. Steamboats of the largest class. I'm trying to imagine the largest class. I'm thinking of the Mississippi River boats. I can't see them on Buffalo Bayou. <laughs> they said steamboats of the largest class can run to Galveston Island in eight to 10 hours from Houston. <laughs> I keep on going. It says a place where arms, ammunition, provisions of the new government will be stored. A national armory will no doubt very soon be established at this place. I mean, all the, all the sort of boosters from the mm-hmm. Republic of Texas talked about the, the excellent spring water, about pine, ash, cedar, oak, and inexhaustible quantities being there. I think one of my favorite one was it talked about fine quarries of stone nearby. And I'm just trying to figure out where do we find quarries of stone mm-hmm. for building in Houston. Um, and the others, the, they used a word that I had to look up. Uh, they said that it was salubrious and well watered. <laughs> and, and I looked up salubrious and it actually means health giving. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or pleasant or agreeable. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to imagine Houston 187 years ago without air conditioning being mm-hmm. salubrious mm-hmm. but uh but you know, they knew how to a, sell it yeah they knew how to sell it well you know you get to the end of the ad 
And, and that's where it said, that the this is, quote, the proprietors offer the lots for sale on moderate terms to those who desire to improve them and to invite the public to examine for themselves. Mm. So basically, Houston's birthday is tied to an ad in a <laughs> provincial newspaper where the two brothers started a, a real estate speculation. Mm -hmm. If you've been in Houston for all, you've probably heard of, of the Allen brothers. There was an Augusta C and a John K. Allen. They actually arrived in Texas about 1832, four years before we became a republic. And they arrived you know, four years before founding the city. And I hate to say this, they were New Yorkers. <laughs> they, they were land speculators from New York. And it was, you know, you shouldn't blame with that. That was just very common at the time in the U.S. in the 1800s as, as land speculators going out, trying to find where the next city would be, starting cities. Some cities really took off, some cities didn't, but they were basically maybe not land speculators. Let's just say they were entrepreneurs. There you go. There yes. you go. But I know there's a third person that you like to talk about when you talk about Houston's story. Yeah, there's someone who doesn't get enough credit. You know, there, there, there was an expression when I was a kid growing up that said behind every successful man, there's a woman. I, I don't know if that's politically correct anymore, but it was very common when I was a kid for people to say that. There was a woman behind the Allen Brothers. It was someone uh, named Charlotte Baldwin. And most people don't realize that the Allen brothers did not have a lot of money. They used Charlotte's inheritance mm. to buy the land that Houston was built on. So if it hadn't been for the inheritance of Charlotte Baldwin, the Allen brothers would not have had the funds to buy the land and Houston wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. It'd be somewhere else. So if you really dig deep, some people refer to her as the mother of Houston. She was actually a much bigger force in some ways than the Allen brothers were because, you know, John Allen, one of the two mm. brothers that founded actually died two years later, mm. 1836. And uh, August and Charlotte actually came into a bit of a disagreement around 1840. It was over uh, one of the brothers, other brother died, and there was this confusion over the estate, mm -hmm. and they separated. Mm. So Charlotte and her husband separated, and August left for Mexico in 1850. I wouldn't say he abandoned Houston, but it was no longer part of his plans. Yeah. And then Charlotte stayed around another 45 years. Charlotte lived to be 95 years old, no, 90 wow. years old. And she stayed here. And if you read through the histories, there's a lot of nice things she did. She, she gave land to churches. She helped out all sorts of different ways. Mm -hmm. So the brothers may be the ones who get the most of the credit, but it was really <laughs> Charlotte behind both of them that helped the, the city get its start. All right, Patrick, before we continue, I want to take a moment to say thank you to our Bayou Business Download sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for making today's podcast possible. Learn more about Fifth Third Bank and the services they provide at 53.com. That's the numbers, 53.com. So, Patrick, why establish Houston along Buffalo Bayou? Why not Galveston Island or along the Brazos River? Actually, it, it makes sense in a number of different ways. For one thing you need to think about, 1830s, the railroads were just getting started. There were no roads. The way people moved the most amount of goods was by water. I mean, that was the cheapest mm -hmm. way, the easiest way or ox cart a while before you had the, the Conestoga wagon. Mm -hmm. And so the brothers wanted to found a town on a river and Buffalo Bayou was, you know, we call it a bio. It was a river and, and it's, it's a lot better than some of the other places. If you think about Galveston, Galveston suffers from hurricanes and there was a hurricane that went through shortly after Houston was founded it, mm. that, that, uh, you know, Galveston, we see Galveston now and we see that wonderful seawall that was built. Mm -hmm. The seawall was built. It was just a big sandbar mm -hmm. and you'd have entire, uh, the city would be entirely underwater or the island entirely underwater. If you think about the Brazos River, it winds so much. It's not a straight line. Mm -hmm. And also uh, in the spring, it floods. 
and in the summer it's dry. So you didn't have a, a straight line and it didn't have constant depth. But Buffalo Bayou relatively, you know, yes, it sometimes leaves its blank, but it, it's pretty consistent over time and it's a pretty consistent depth. And it's relatively straight when you compare it to something like Brazos Bayou. It was actually a shrewd choice for the Allen Brothers to set up on Buffalo Bayou. All right. So can you take us back to those, you know, late 1830s, early 1840s? What was it like to live in Houston? Houston was early on. It was what the Allen Brothers wanted to be in some regards. It was a transmodal shipment point there. I'm using a 21st century term. They wanted to capture all the flow of goods from the Republic, Texas into Houston. And you'd have goods being brought in on ox cart into Houston and then taken down to the wharves and loaded on boats, floated to Galveston Bay and put on ocean-going ships. If you wonder why some of the streets are so straight and narrow downtown, well, part of it was the way the street was laid out, uh, just on the grid pattern, which was very popular to lay streets out like that in the 1800s. But also it was set up so if you're coming in with an ox cart, it was so easy to make turns inside downtown. We think of downtown as skyscrapers, mm -hmm. but you know, think about a muddy street with goods being hauled on an ox cart, and you had to have those wide intersections to be able to make it, and you could actually do a 360 in one of those. Just think back about you know what it was like back then. The state was a republic, mm -hmm. and you asked me did, did Sam Houston found it? No, but he had he was instrumental in this because the Allen brothers they were promoters and they realized one way to get people to Houston or to their city was to name it after the most popular person of the time. Mm -hmm. Most popular person of the time was Sam Houston because he just defeated the Mexican army at San Jacinto, mm -hmm. so he was he was very popular. Rumor has it the Allen brothers gave him a few lots inside the city that <laughs> bears his name, so. It already started to some extent hauling goods in, but it could be very unpleasant. I mean, mm -hmm. once again, I, I think back you know, here, we're in a heat wave now. Imagine mm -hmm. what it was like. And I'm sitting in an air conditioned room. Mm -hmm. Imagine what it was like in 1836. There was not, not a whole lot of civilization. Mm -hmm. You read the early accounts, they talk about gunfights and stabbings and, and people walking around with bowie knives strapped mm -hmm. to, their, to their legs. But on the other hand, it, it had a kind of a funny image. There are some early engravings that show Houston as a hilly place. Mm. I say early engravings, actually my Texana collection, actually I've had one of them hanging on the wall of my living room. Mm. And, and and people wonder, how could you consider Houston to be hilly? Especially if you live someplace like A-Leaf, Sharpstown yeah. or, or West Houston. But a couple of things to consider. Remember, Houston was built on the banks of Buffalo Bayou. Mm -hmm. And it only had a few hundred people. And so I want you to think about next time you come into Houston, come into downtown on Smith Street, think about the fact that you're actually driving up from Buffalo Bayou and mm -hmm. it doesn't start to flatten out till you start to get close to where City Hall is. True. And that was the extent of Houston back then. If you were down on the water looking up, it looked like this huge hill and you didn't see over the other part of it. <laughs> now, think of it there, was, there was a street in downtown Houston. I want you to think about it called Prairie Street. Uh-huh. Prairie Street is a street that that the Wortham Theater is built over. Uh -huh. It's a street that runs behind the Alley Theater. Mm -hmm. The city ended there. Mm. That's why it was, that's why it was called Prairie. Okay. Because beyond there, it was all grasslands. Huh. And so that's that's how Houston had this image. And so you'd have people who would look up from the bayou and they say, "God, this place has hills." The other thing is, quite often when the people did engravings for promotion, they'd send a word description to an engraver, and they just Based on the description, they draw what they thought they saw. And so you have these images of Houston drawn by people who never were here. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's maybe a little bit of hyperbole there, but it was, yeah. uh, it was a place to come, a place for, for a second chance. It was the Republic. It was, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say the Wild West, but there are a lot of opportunities happening there. Mm -hmm. 
that said, the city did have some problems. Okay. You want me to go into those? Yes, go on. Okay, go into those. Well, 1838, 39, early 1840, this was a really miserable place. Mm. And in 1839, 10% of the city's population died of scarlet fever. Wow. I'm sorry, not scarlet fever, yellow fever. Mm. Think about that. 10% of, we didn't lose that many in COVID. Mm -hmm. 10% died of yellow fever. It's, it's, it's spread by infected mosquitoes. It, it, it got its name yellow fever because of the limber damage it causes mm. in the late stages of the disease. But think about that. If one in every 10 people died, would you start to question whether this is a good place to locate a city? Mm -hmm. Also, the Republic of Texas was going through a currency crisis. And when the Republic first started out, the Republic of Texas dollar traded on parity to the U.S. dollar, but the Texas dollar kept on getting devalued and devalued and devalued. And finally, it, it took 10 Texas Republic dollars to buy one U.S. dollar. Mm. Most people don't know this. The Republic of Texas was in Houston for a while, the mm -hmm. national capital. It's where mm -hmm. the Rice Hotel sits now. We had a, a new president of the Republic, a guy named Mirabeau Lamar, who really did not like Sam Houston, actually loathed Sam Houston. And he really disliked the fact that the Capitol was named after someone who he had such animosity toward. Mm -hmm. So he got a bill passed through the uh, legislature to say, let's move the Capitol to Austin. Mm -hmm. And then we were depending upon credit from the merchants in New Orleans, and they were kind of looking back and saying, hmm, maybe we shouldn't be loaning any money to the city of Houston. <laughs> so the city was really close to dying. It came wow. real close to dying. And there was actually a group of seven businessmen who got together and had a very tough discussion. They said, should we let Houston die? They actually considered, is this an experiment that doesn't work and let's wow. move somewhere else? Or should we work to restore it? Okay, mm -hmm. so do you know where this is going? The creation of the chamber? Yes. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on January 28th, 1940, the Chamber of Commerce was created, Houston Chamber of Commerce. And it's interesting, it only had 14 members. Dues back then were $25. <laughs> that's no longer the case, huh? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> no longer the case. Their job was survival. You know, the visions of greatness for this region were, were somewhere down the road. The, the visions of glory and, and so forth are further down the road. But uh, they figured we need to do something to save the city. And I wish the records were a little bit better, but obviously <laughs> whatever they did work because here we are yeah. today. Yeah. So what do you think that the Allen brothers would make of their city today? Oh, I think they'd be very, for one thing, I think they'd be amazed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just so anybody who, who, any any sort of time traveler, either forward or back, would be amazed. I think they'd be quite pleased. You know, in 1840, the city of Houston had fewer than, Harris County, in 1840, Harris mm -hmm. County had fewer than 2,000 people in it. Mm -hmm. Right now, the city of Houston has 2.3 million. The metropolitan area has 7.3 million. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely grown from this, mm -hmm. are we going to keep the city alive or not? They wanted the city of Houston to be a place that, that commanded all the flow of goods from the Republic of Texas to Houston. To be shipped. Now, Houston has the busiest U.S. port measured by tonnage in the U.S., mm -hmm. over 200 million metric tons. I think the Allen brothers would be proud. <laughs> and yeah, we're no longer the capital of the Republic of Texas, but we are the energy capital of the world. There you go. So you could say in some ways we have even more influence than we would have had back then. Yeah. So Yeah. I think the Allen brothers would be very proud if, if they, if they could show up, I'd, I'd serve them a slice of birthday cake, but uh, <laughs> that that's not going to happen. At least not in this dimension, not in this. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Well, okay, one other thing. Uh, yes. Go ahead. I bet you Charlotte Baldwin would be happy too. Yes. 
We cannot forget about Charlotte. No, we can't forget about Charlotte. All right, Patrick. Well, thanks for joining me today. Brenda, it's always great fun to talk about uh, my favorite topic, and that's Easter. <laughs> there you go. All right, and that's it for this episode of Buy You Business Download. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so via your favorite podcasting platform or by visiting the podcast page at houston.org. There, you will also find links to recent data and news updates and learn how you can get more involved in the partnership's work to make a difference in Houston. A special thanks again to our sponsor, Fifth Third Bank, for helping make this podcast possible. And thanks again to you for listening to Bayou Business Download.